Hey, welcome back to Pepe Sanchez. This is episode 29. I'm Seth Allen. Hey, Seth Allen on all platforms. This is my secret basketball podcast. Pepe doesn't know about this. Uh, Happy New Year. I hope you're excited for, for 2023 to get out and for 2024 to get in. And you do whatever you do around this time of year uh, that makes you feel better or good or whatever, wherever you're at. Um, you know, the, the year coming to a close, it's a natural time to to stop and, and check in and, and really reflect. Not on yourself. God, no. <laughs> Terrifying. Keep it moving. All right. I'm reflecting on Scoot Henderson. <laughs> um Kind of a uh, a controversy. I've been seeing. I think people do it to troll me now. They send me things about Scoot being a bust or whatever, like Reddit forum things. They they aggravate me. So I decided I would use this time, this year end reflection opportunity, uh, to take a look at how Scoot's doing really versus some historical comps. All right, some comparison. So you know, Scoot's played. He played twenty two year twenty two games in the NBA in twenty twenty three. All right, and you know, although there's there's definitely been a surge lately, the overall numbers for that for that 22 games, some people say, are concerning. Um, so I wanted to to know who really do we compare Scoot against? Maybe the past can help us predict the future here. So at first, I was thinking of just point guards drafted in the top five to use as a comparison group, right? Uh, and there's 16 of them, and it's the gamut. I mean, it's some some of them turned out great, some of them not so great. Um, then I thought, well, really, age is very important to understanding Scoot. Like his, the fact that he's 19 years old um, playing point guard uh, in the NBA is 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 significant, right? Um, Scoot is three years younger than Damian Lillard was in his rookie season, for example. Scoot is four years younger than his fellow rookie teammate, Tumani Kamara. Okay, he's four. They're both rookies. One of them's four years older. And these are a huge four years of development, right? So I'm like, so let me look at top five point guard draft draft picks who were 19 in their rookie season, all right? And that gets us down to a workable list. There's seven of them, all right? Seven people on that list. All of them are starting for an NBA team this season. And I went back to 2014, um, because once you see Dante Exum, it's time to stop. All right. You've gone far enough. <laughs> so, so there's seven of them. All of them are starting for an NBA team this season. Uh, four of them have been all stars so far. Um, and let's just go down to the list of these. It's, it's, it's listen to this list. Uh, it's LaMelo. Uh, it's Darius Garland. It's Luca. It's, uh, Mikel Fultz. It's De'Aaron Fox. It's D'Angelo Russell and it's Dante Exum. So those are those are the comparison groups, all right. And then you look at how they did their rookie seasons. A lot of them seem like they did a lot better than what Scoot is doing. But you got to look at their first twenty-two games. So I'm like, let's look at this number of games into their NBA career. How was everybody looking? Uh, and I pulled those numbers uh, for those guys. And you know what? Old Scoot starts to look a lot better. All right. Um, first of all, in, in his just his counting assists, that stands out. He has the second highest assists of that group of people behind LaMelo. All right. And his points per game is third behind LaMelo and Luca. All right. But then you get into, okay, what are the, the concerns about Scoot? The, the shooting percentages. His field goal percentage is above only Dante Exum's. All right. And his three point percentage is above only who? 
De'Aaron Fox. All right. Um, and I don't think that's actually a big deal because um, I next thing you do is you look at, okay, how, how did their field goal percentage st- start versus end? Um, the average improvement of field goal percentage for this group from 22 games to end of season was like seven, was a little over seven percentage points higher. It was where they finished the year versus their top, their first 22 games. All right. The three point percentage was a little murkier, like half of them improved, half of them didn't improve. That's a longer term development area, I think. But it makes a lot of sense because, you know, when you watch Scoot, it's not like his shot is broken. A lot of those are learning curve enthusiasm type shots where maybe he thought, you know, maybe he could get that in the G League and there's a hand that's a little higher up here, you know, in the NBA or whatever. He's just testing his limits, learning learning how the NBA works. Um, and same with a lot of turnovers where you see, like, a lot of those are just like, oh, he thought he could get that pass off and he couldn't. These are all, like, just learning things that you learn with repetition, right? But when you, when you pull the, against this peer group, I thought, who really jumps out as the, the comparison to me is De'Aaron Fox. Um, he also, you know, he's had, you know, shooting as his main development area in his game for his career too. Um, for his first 22 games, he shot uh, 0.399% from the field and 0.267% uh, from three, right? And, and Scoot is shooting, you know, 37% from the field and 29% from three. Um, and when you think about these guys, both of them, okay, coming into the league, known for speed, strength, you know, explosiveness, good size, uh, good defensive potential, um, good vision, and then they just need to work on their shot. Very, very similar, I think, uh, scouting profiles, at least for these two, at least at that high level. Um, you know, and Fox, by the end of the season, uh, you know, 22 games, he was averaging 10 and 4. By the end of the season, he was averaging, you know, 12 and 4. Um, but his field goal percentage went up quite a bit, 13 percentage points. His three-point field goal percentage went up, you know, four percentage points. And he ended up, you know, not so bad after all, really. And I think that uh, Fox, just from the county statistics, from the type of player profile, uh, looks just, Scoot compares very favorably to him. Um, and if you've just been watching Scoot in his last, you know, 10 games or so, um, what he can do offensively combined with like the, the defensive intensity he brings, the picking up full court, the high motor, and the last 10 games of uh, Scoot's trending, I mean, he's averaging like 16 and 6, and his, his shooting percentages are much better. Um, his three-point percentage is 43%, which may not be super sustainable, but is much better than uh, 28.7% that he's shooting overall for the season. Um, so, yeah, so the the takeaway really is there's no reason to think Scoot is off track to becoming a, a perennial all-star point guard. Uh, if you just look at how this, this other subgroup improved and went on over their career, um, end of year, he'll probably be at like 15 points per game, six assists per game, shoot low 40s field goal percentage, low 30s, three-point field goal percentage. None of that is alarming. That's still very good. I think he is on the Fox the Fox Express. Um, but, you know, he's, he's just, when you look at the stats among this group of seven, um, he does stand out as like, as like the top half of them. 
And again, the group is LaMelo, Darius Garland, Luca, Fultz, Fox, D'Angelo Russell, Dante Exum. So um, you really do think that, you know, so sh- just shut up. There's no, <laughs> there's no reason uh, to think that Scoot is behind schedule. Um, and if you remember, too, looking back, Fox had that kind of rough rookie season, uh, of which I do think Scoot is trending towards having a better rookie season than Fox. Uh, and then Fox made huge improvement. He made a leap his second season. All right? And then in his third season, basically Fox in season three forward has been a high-level point guard in the NBA. Um, it took him a few more seasons to get the accolades, but that's because he plays for the Sacramento Kings. You know, <laughs> Scoop might face a similar a similar hurdle in that you're just for one of the more obscure teams, and unless you start winning, you're probably not going to get a lot of those accolades uh, in the Western Conference, like All-Stars and All-NBAs and that kind of thing. But um, also, shout-out to Dante Exum. I Do you like how I slid him in there because he has started for an NBA team this season? He has. He was out of the league last year. He was in EuroLeague, I believe. He comes back, he plays for the Mavericks, Kyrie goes down, you know, Luka just needs a body out there with him. So shout out to Dante Exum making it back to the league, uh, you know, the Australian man of mystery when he was coming into the draft. Uh, fantastic, making my list look even better. All starters, all starters in the NBA, mostly all stars, mostly, yeah. Um Yeah, I guess that's it. Just wanted to say Happy New Year. Don't worry about Scoot. Uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Trade deadline heating up. Your league crazy midseason point. Guys going down. Guys leaving teams. It's all exciting. College basketball conference. Oh, my God. Um, I'm recording this Saturday too early in the morning. I just got so excited to look up Scoot's stats. Um, Saturday mornings. This is just a little nugget for you. A little tidbit. Uh, if you, especially if you're on the West Coast. Big East basketball, now that they're in conference play, their games start literally at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. our time on Saturdays. And you can just watch them back to back to back to back. It's amazing. The Big East, <laughs> I watched, uh, what, last week I watched like Providence um, versus <sighs> Providence basketball. Uh, Providence. The Friars uh, versus Butler. I watched it last weekend, and I just had it on casually, just something in the background. I'm, you know, I'm home all alone on Saturday mornings. Uh, you know, I, I can only make out with my cats for so long, so I put on Butler <laughs> versus uh, Providence. And I, at this time, these are two unranked teams, and this game is one of the best games of college basketball I've seen played this season. I've been checking in with the other teams from other conferences. Uh, with the big dogs, you know, the highly ranked teams, a lot of Pac-12, unfortunately. And so then I I hung out. I was like, well, that game was good. And there's another Biggies game on right after, which I think was like Xavier versus Seton Hall or something. Two other unranked teams. And I'm like, well, this game is also amazing. Dude, the Big East, and I know it's like, you know, East Coast bias and all that. Oh, we're sensitive to that here. We're sensitive to that. But the Big East games are such a high level. Like these aren't even the top teams in the conference, which is UConn, who I've talked about before. They, you know, they made me uh, very aroused 
<laughs> with their basketball stylings. Uh, Marquette, you know, Creighton. I mean, Villanova's in there. I mean, this like the Big East is the, if you like a good college basketball aesthetic, if you like a pleasing, uh, well-run game of basketball, uh, well-executed uh, intensity, I recommend do these Big East Saturday mornings with me, you know. Big East Saturday mornings are my little my little nugget of joy. Uh, every Saturday morning, I can get up, and it doesn't matter who's playing. I'm into it. Um, I am a Friars guy. I decided last week I'm going to be a Friars guy. Uh, shout out to God Sham God. Did he go there? I think he did, right? That's the one guy who jumps to mind as a Providence. Uh, hell yeah, God played two seasons at Providence College, baby. Sham God, shout out, uh, currently, bringing it full circle, uh, a player development coach for the Dallas Mavericks, helping out those guys with their handle. Uh, so shout out to God Sham God, and shout out to the Biggies Saturday mornings. I know it's hard, you're probably like a West Coast basketball person if you listen to this pod, uh, but you know, um, honestly, the Pac-12 games I've been watching this year have been dog shit. Uh, it's disappointing, what can I say? Uh, but you know... You got to put your eyeballs where the value is. That's not a saying, but Big East Saturdays. Scoot's okay. Happy New Year. I'm going to go see Aquaman on New Year's Eve. That's not what people do. All right. Hey, Seth Allen, all platforms. Thank you.